Because we just live in a world that's pulling us in so many different directions. And if you don't know where your identity comes from, the world is so pumped to give you an identity and to tell you, hey, no, this is who you are. And you're, you're around every corner, you're told that you're not enough, that you need this to make you enough, that you are not smart enough, fun enough, funny enough. And it, it's honestly just amplified within the church, which is sad to say, but it truly is, especially when you're a youth pastor. There are stereotypes all over the place that nobody fully meets up to. And so immediately you're going, well, I'm not the act. Well, hey, welcome to another episode of the Pastors Roundtable podcast. I am your host, Ryan Latham. Super excited to bring you this conversation with Todd Jones. We're going to be talking about finding your identity in Christ. Such an important conversation in our society today. But before we jump into that, I want to talk to you a little bit about the John Maxwell leadership team. I joined this team a few years ago, and it was awesome. Basically, the John Maxwell leadership team is uh, its kind of like an online university where as soon as you join, you get access to tons of online courses about leadership, coaching, marketing, sales, uh, personal development, you name it, they got it going on. It's all from John Maxwell and the team. So if you ever thought to yourself, man, I'd love to learn from John Maxwell, this is a great opportunity to do that. It's all online, except they do have live phone calls each week, and you get to attend a in-person conference to finish up your certificate. At the end of it, you're a certified coach, trainer for the John Maxwell team. You get to train uh, and lead through some of his materials Pretty awesome opportunity. If you're interested, DM me on social media. That's at Ryan Latham. Would love to connect, get you connected with them and see if it might be a fit for you. So today's conversation, let's jump in. We've got uh, Todd Jones. He is the next gen pastor. He's an author of a couple of books, uh, Raising Girls and uh, Jesus Colored Glasses. And he's also the founder of Stoked on Youth Ministry. Uh, when you take a look at Stoked on Youth Ministry's Instagram account, he gives all kinds of practical tips for youth ministry. Great stuff. So, Todd, hey, man, great to hang out with you on this podcast episode. Ryan, dude, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And, uh, dude, love what you're doing. Love to be a part of it. Thank you. So, Todd, we all want to know. It's the age-old question that everyone debates. Are you a dog kind of guy? Or a cat kind of guy? Oh, man. That is an age-old question. In fact, it's going to tell you a lot about somebody, too. I think that's why we, that's why we just want to get it out of there right now because people might just right. turn it off once you answer this. You know, They might turn it off or yeah. they might turn it up. Who knows? I know. Well, my hope for all of the listeners is if I were to say cat, that they would instantly turn this off because that's just unacceptable. Definitely dog. Definitely dog. Uh <laughs> There, there's just no place for a cat in the church in, um, you know, Jesus loves dogs, not cats. I love it. I love it. Now, in, <laughs> now do you guys have dogs at, at the house? Uh, I have too many children for that, right now, but they're <laughs> all begging me for it. So we'll see, we'll see what happens, but okay. currently no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Awesome. All right. So uh, Todd, we, we were talking before we hit record here, just a little bit about your ministry journey. And I think it's a great uh, in my opinion, I think it's a great roadmap for so many people. Uh, and so why don't you just uh, let's go back to that conversation to talk to us a little bit about kind of your ministry journey and how you got to where you're at. Yeah, 
Of course. I've uh, been in youth ministry for the last 13 years. And so uh, that journey really has been a, a little bit of, I wouldn't say all over the place, but man, really gone through uh, the systems. We were, we were talking earlier about uh, the minor leagues, you know, when you, you think about baseball, a lot of times there's a process to get to where you're at. And um, my ministry journey's kind of been like that. I interned uh, at a church in Riverside called Sandals Church, um, right in college and, and out of college. And that was my um, first taste of really doing ministry on the other side of just a volunteer. And so seeing a little bit behind the curtain and what that looked like, being prepared, um, getting to learn a little bit. And then I took my first full-time uh, paid youth ministry position at this little tiny church uh, that lied and said they were like 120. Um, but let's be honest, they were like 90 people and um, just an awesome, awesome They were speaking it by experience. faith, man. Speaking it by faith. Right. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. So uh, that was, that was super fun. It, and I started out, we had five kids in the youth ministry and uh, I made them all angry within the first like three weeks. And so we went from five down to zero and then, you know, built that back up and uh, had an amazing, amazing learning experience over um, about three and a half years there. And then um, ended up at a church uh, down in San Diego um, from San Diego. And so it was down there and, uh, it, again, another learning experience, another experience of going, Hey, here's the next step of what God has for me and a uh, little bit larger context overseeing that. And, um, was there, uh, for a couple of years and then God moved us, uh, to Washington state. And, uh, really when it comes to the ministry journey, I think the biggest lesson I learned during that time, uh, was giving God my hands instead of my plans and uh, being a Southern California, San Diego guy. It's like, man, that's all I ever wanted to do. Uh, if you know anyone from Southern California, they are so snooty about their weather. And it is true. It's true. They have a right to. Okay. And I did not want to leave, um, but God moved us to Washington State. Um, those of you in Washington State, we love you, but man, you need to dry out. You need to get some sun. And it is a rough place to be going from San Diego to uh, just completely overcast cloudy and dealing with that. But I was in uh, ministry there for um, about four and a half years and just saw God do amazing, amazing things at that church. And um, during that time, really started doing a lot of speaking and writing and seeing God kind of grow the ministry outside of just our church in that way, which was amazing. And um, I spent some time at a church in the San Francisco Bay Area as well. Um, about the last four years or so was there, uh, got to really understand some multi-site and what that looks like and uh, had an amazing opportunity to oversee uh, all five of our campuses for youth ministry and just see God do huge things in different areas of the city and um, would be a part of that. And then in recent recent uh, ministry journey for me, I've been at my current role for 10 months now. I live in Arizona. And uh, it was an awesome step for me to get out of the um, major hands-on work of youth ministry and take more of a coaching role in leading an amazing staff that gets to do the youth ministry. After 13 years of being out three to four nights a week, uh, my wife was like, hey, I need you to reintroduce you to our kids and I want you to be home a little bit more. And so I've had the opportunity to do that. And it, it's been awesome. 
So good. So at the time of this recording, you have four girls, but by the time this airs, you're going to have five girls. Uh, so you also wrote a book called Raising Girls. So I uh, would love to hear a little bit of just what you've learned that journey, some tips maybe from uh, from the book or even your your own personal journey. That's good. Yeah, honestly, there may be a fifth girl before we're even done recording this. It's I'm on watch <laughs> right now. It could happen. So, um, yeah, man, uh, never expected to be a, a dad of, of daughters and especially five daughters. And uh, being in this situation, God has taught me so much just about myself. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things when it comes to the book is a lot of times we want that silver bullet of parenting to help our kids when really it mostly starts with us and understanding that we need to understand these, these concepts that we want our kids to get. But if we're not living them and we're not learning and we're not growing in that, the kids are seeing us way more than what we're, you're telling. I mean, it's the age old, you know, do what I say, not what I do kind of thing. Well, no, that's just not how it works. They're going to do what you do and they're going to learn from the way that you take the things you're telling them and actually live it out. So I think um, just the authenticity of being what you say you are and being consistent in who that is, especially if you're in ministry and you are raising kids, the, the stage is not the home. And so a lot of times when it comes to um, being in ministry, it's like, man, we put on this front to go do ministry but then when we come home, our kids are seeing something that doesn't match up. And that in itself is doing so much damage to the kid because they're going, wait a sec, what's happening right now? They're seeing almost a two-faced parent. And what they're doing is learning that that's how they're supposed to act too. So I think the the biggest thing that I learned, especially writing the book and just processing through it is, man, living these principles and working on myself first is probably the best parenting advice I can give someone. So good, which leads us into our conversation today, which is about finding our identity in Christ. Um, and so you, I know you're passionate about that, helping people find it and helping them live that out. And so, you know, when you, we say that, you know, what is, what do you think that that means? How would you describe someone finding your identity in Christ? What does that, what does that like, like mean? And I think the the truth is we just live in a world that's pulling us in so many different directions. And if you don't know where your identity comes from, the world is so pumped to give you an identity and to tell you, hey, no, this is who you are. And you're, you're around every corner, you're told that you're not enough, that you need this to make you enough, that you are not smart enough, fun enough, funny enough. And it, it's honestly just amplified within the church, which is sad to say, but it truly is, especially when you're a youth pastor, there are stereotypes all over the place that nobody fully meets up to. And so immediately you're going, well, I'm not that, or I'm not good enough in this, um, especially in the day and age of, of where we're at now with uh, being having access to social media and hearing amazing, amazing communicators you can just instantly start feeling worse about yourself going, well, I can never speak like them. I can never be as good as them. And you start just inadvertently giving yourself a label and taking these, these um, identities on and, and realizing, man, that's who I need to be instead of going, oh, I already have who I need to be. And that's who Christ has said I am. And it's apart from anything that I do 
it's who I am in him. So I think, I think it's, it's a huge, huge topic and to, to point and define it directly is a, a little hard to do, but almost everything that we encounter falls into this category of really choosing, am I going to live up to who Christ says I am today? Am I going to pursue that? Or am I going to pursue what the world wants me to be, what the coolest ministry trend is, or you know whatever it is that you've put that standard for yourself and put your identity in instead of in Christ? Yeah. So what do you, how do we kind of dive into that? You know, how, how can we grow in that confidence, that assurance of maybe someone is kind of maybe struggling with some of that, or maybe they're not even sure if they're struggling with that. You know, what are some indications that maybe you need to lean in and uh, sure that, uh, right. Dig some deeper roots into, you know, knowing and finding that identity. Yeah. I think one of the, the first thing is, um, just a lot of introspection when it comes to thinking about, you know, the level of self-awareness that you have to go, Hey, why do I do the things that I do? What is my motivation? What is the driving force that, that makes me want to achieve this, do this, look this way, the atmosphere in the ministry that you're creating, all those things. So taking a step back and looking inside going, okay, what's my motivation? What is my desire? What is driving me to this? Is my desire in this um, to project what I want people to see? Or is my desire in this to glorify God? And then even a step further back than that is identifying what labels we you carry. Because each one of us carries labels. And the labels that we have have been given to us um, throughout our whole life. And some of them are from parents. Some of them are from friends. Some of them are from teachers. Uh, I had a teacher. I had actually a high school guidance counselor and that told me I would never amount to anything in life. And I'm like, listen, lady, you're paid to tell me I'm going to succeed in life. Like, I don't know why, but at that moment it was this label that I took and I could put on and go, no, you know what? I I can't do anything. I'm I'm not going to achieve. And whether that was a conscious thing or whether that's just something I ended up accumulating throughout my life and holding it guided what I did and how I viewed myself. And I think identifying labels for each one of us is huge because a lot of times we don't even under- realize the label that we're carrying. And we don't realize, man, when that pastor told me this, I took that as who I was instead of realizing what God said about me. Or man, when my parents said this to me and maybe they were well-meaning, but you took it and that's a label or we gave ourselves that label. That's the other huge piece of this is not only are we getting labels from everyone else, but we're giving ourselves labels. We, every failed event that you do, well, I just suck at planning events. Well, no, you don't, but you just put that label on you and now you're living up to that label. Um, there's just so many different areas that we have labels on us that we're walking around trying to live up to the labels instead of realizing man, none of these have any authority over me or a right to label me. I mean, when you think about labeling it when it in itself, the only person that has the right to label something is the creator and the owner, right? Like I use this example. I grew up playing baseball and my baseball glove, it had the label of the creator of the glove. So Rawlings was printed on it. They made the glove 
And then the second label on it was my name. I wrote it on it because my parents were like, hey, you lose this glove and you're dead. So it was like, okay, I got to write my name on it. But if you, Ryan, were to come up and try to write your name on my glove, like we would be throwing down, right? Like you don't have the right to do that. You can't do that to mine because it's mine. The only person has the right to label something is the creator and the owner. And the same thing when it comes to us, our creator and our owner, God created us. Jesus paid the price for us. That's the only labels that we have that have authority on us. And when we give authority to other labels, whether we gave them to ourselves or whether we just accumulated them through life, when we give authority to those, we start living in a way that is contrary to what God wants for us. And so I think identifying those labels is huge. And it's a process. It's not like you're just going to sit down and go, man, I know exactly all the labels I've been living up to. It's a process of going, oh my gosh, that's why I did that. Where you realize something and you're going, out of insecurity, I treated this person that way. But that's because I'm not living in the identity that Christ gave me. I'm trying, I'm living up to something else that was given along the way. So I think identifying those labels is really the first step to figuring that out. Yeah, it's so good. There's so many people I know that have been labeled by somebody or, you know, a friend, a counselor, a teacher. And so, so many good things to live up to that, you know, they weren't, they were well-meaning probably. Um, hopefully, you know, didn't intentionally do that, but maybe they said it and uh, they've been labeled uh, by that. And so, um, so good that that takes a lot of work, right? To unearth those, um, for a lot of people, we don't even know that that's there. Um, It was said when we were, you know, six years old, right, in elementary school, or it was said on the playground, and we didn't even realize it without it. We actually heard it, right? Like, um, and and we thought we moved past that. Um, You know, so it sounds to me, you know, like, doing that soul work is so vital, right? Getting counseling or, you know, having people ask some tough questions about us or at the minimum, at least us doing some really in-depth soul searching of our own. Why do I do this? Um, Why do I live according to that? So, I mean, any tips or other like practical ways of kind of figuring out? Because it sounds like step one is, who, like, what is that label and who labeled it, you know? Yeah, I think he nailed it with the intentional conversation about it. Uh, as everything in life, which most most of the listeners right now have probably preached this sermon or have at least talked to people about this idea, is, hey, we can't do life alone. You have to have community around you. And the same thing when we're trying to, to discover our identity. Now, obviously, just due to the the sensitive nature of this, you want to be guarded with who you're allowing into that space, but you have to allow someone in there to help navigate this with you. Because like you said, a lot of times you don't even know that label. You don't even see that label. And it's going to take intentional conversation and being intentional about letting someone in that you trust that has your best interest to really unpack it. I mean, now we're, we're getting really deep when it comes to that, but man, this is what, this is really the foundation of fixing yourself, which we're all broken, right? That's not just a, you know, if you're listening like, oh crap, that's me. No, we're all in that place. Um, We're all broken, but it's the intentionality of fixing yourself so that you're in a place where you're ministering out of health. 
right? You're in a healthy place where you can understand, okay, here's who I am in Christ. And this is the overflow of that that's spilling over to the students that I'm ministering to, to these people in the church that I'm ministering to, to my family, to my leaders, all of that. And it starts really by having those difficult, intentional conversations to, to really wrestle through some of those labels. I love what you said is to be very careful about who you invite in, because when you get into that place, you're, you're inviting somebody into a very vulnerable space where if they're not careful, they could put another label, right? They could act, they could compound on, onto that. Or if they're not, um, you know, trained or know what they're doing, they may not know how to move move you past that. So I think a big part of what you've talked about or what, what I'm hearing you say is also knowing your own value and your own worth, right? Um, knowing that Christ created you, that God, that you were created in Christ and his image. And so uh, share some light on that, um, that knowing your worth, knowing your value, uh, speak into that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that, we lean towards talking about negative labels, but the truth is, is like I said, the creator and the owner, they, you, you've already been given labels that are true and are not negative and leaning into those and reminding ourselves, we forget so often of what Christ has said about us. And there is numerous passages in scripture. There's also just the idea that Jesus died for you on the cross. I mean, that, you were worth the creator of the universe dying. That says everything about your value. You know that if you pay for stuff yourself, you don't pay for things that aren't worth it. God looked at you and said, you're worth it. And I think reinforcing those, those labels that you've already been given by our savior, that is where we truly derive our worth and value and going, no, that's who God says I am. And reminding ourselves that speaking that, over ourself, over our life, and reminding ourselves who we are, not in a man, I can, I'm gonna achieve big things, name it and claim it type of way, but in a man, this is what God says about me, reminding yourself that because for every time that you remind yourself who God says you are, you're probably gonna be told by the world 10 more times that you aren't that. And so continually reminding ourselves is so essential. To moving forward and going, okay, this is what God has said about me. This is who I am in Christ. I think it's uh, Bob Goff that always says he likes to tell people who they're becoming. You know, he's not who you are, but who are you becoming? And he's calling that out in them. And I mean, that's the other part of it too, not just reminding ourselves, but surrounding ourselves with people that are going to continue to call out who we are in Christ and who he's making us and who we're becoming, not just who we are or who we were, which is even worse. Speaking the positive, right? So, so, so you said, you know, so often we can even focus on the negatives, but be starting with speaking those positive. I am a child of Christ. I am created in his likeness. You know, all these things, um, continually speaking those over you yourself and those that you lead too. I think that's really important too. I, you know, I'm always convicted when I'm, when are challenged in these kind of conversations to make sure, okay, what am I saying? to my students? What am I saying to those that are around me? Am I going to be one of the ones that like, oh man, 
I, you know, Ryan said this about me and I've got this false identity that I I've taken because of some haphazard thing that I said. And so I think just, you know, making sure that we as leaders, parents, leaders, pastors, authority figures um, are making sure that we're guarded with what we say and that we're speaking those positive things. So it, you've got a book, um, Jesus Colored Glasses, and uh, you describe it this way. It says, we all, no matter what age or season of life, are constantly told how to look, how to act, what to do to be accepted by others. We are pulled in so many different directions that it's hard to figure out where we are going and even harder to be okay with it. Subsequently, we are asking ourselves these questions. Who am I? What defines me? How do I fit in? And do I need to change? Those are big questions. Uh, so, uh, man, I know we can't dive into all of it. I want to encourage you guys to buy the book, buy a bunch of them, pass them out, but let's just dive into a little bit of that. Give us some teaser on, on some of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of what we we've been talking about already is to truly knowing that your identity in Christ. And, and when you do, then it's like, those questions that, that you come across, man, am I good enough in this? Am I, you can default back to the fact that Jesus said I was, and that's not to negate the fact that we all need to grow. That's not to negate the fact that we all should be pursuing being better and excellence, but understanding that our performance is not who we are. And it's a lot less about what we do and a lot more about who purchased you and who owns you and who you're living for. And that's truly what matters. So uh, I think orienting that in the correct way is helpful for us because when we start, when we view it through the lens of our performance or what we're doing, it can get a little, a little messed up and not, not seeing who we truly are. And I think one of the big ones um, that I was going to say with this is uh, just the, the comparison trap. I, I wrote an article a few years ago that was called comparison killed the youth worker. And it's just so true. And that's not to say that we can't learn from each other. And that's not to say that we can't see what other churches are doing and say, man, that's awesome. I want to mirror that in my ministry and do it. That's amazing. We're here to help one another. But when we start looking at what other people are doing and we start having attendance envy, right? You ever taken a picture and you, of your youth group and you got to post it and you're like, well, it doesn't really look as full as I want it to. And I, I'm, I'm saying I do that, man. That's me, right? There's so many times where I'm challenged with the fact that I want to look as good as the other person. And I start comparing myself to them. Again, like I said, you can listen to amazing communicators that most of us Maybe you're awesome, but most of us are never going to meet up to them. And we're, we're listening to them, judging ourselves based on them instead of realizing that God has placed you where you're at for a reason. And God has gifted you with things that only you can do. And when you understand that and you're able to release yourself from trying to be someone you're not, you can truly flourish in the way that God created you and the mission that he has put you on. Again, not saying not trying to improve and get better. But when we fall into the comparison trap, a lot of times it derails the whole idea of putting on Jesus colored glasses. And that's when those questions really start spinning in our mind and spiraling of like, man, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Am I not good enough here? 
and there and everywhere. So in the book, Big Feelings, the authors uh, talk about that the comparison, often what happens is um, that they talk about the scientific, it kind of says that what happens is we often don't compare ourselves to enough people. So the thought is there that we only compare ourselves to those that are like in the top 2%, 5%. Those are just, but we don't compare ourselves to those who are just starting or we're not comparing ourselves to those that are the same size, uh, same you know level where we're at, or even comparing ourselves to ourselves and to see where we've grown, how far we've come. And, and so it's not a level playing field. It's not equal. And so we're only comparing ourselves to those, the best of the speakers, the best of the podcasts, the best of the youth pastors, the best of the, whatever it might be. Right. And so, but if we can broaden that all out and like you said, learn from those and being encouraged from those, as opposed to just having that jealousy, that envy, um, that, you know, pulls us down into the spiral and we're, you know, going down. And so, uh, so good. So good. So, um, as leaders, how can we help our students? How can we help those that we lead to pull themselves into this secure, confident, um, you know, secured in Christ type of, of position? That's good. I think, uh, creating that environment in your ministry one where you are speaking life over people and one where you are addressing identity. I think identity in Christ um, is a topic that cannot be overtaught. I think it should be talked about so often and find its way into most messages uh, because when a student, when a, a leader, when someone in your ministry is grounded in Christ, they're now equipped to go out and to live in a world that's going to be attacking that, where that stuff's just going to fall off their back. It's, you know, water on a duck's back where they're just like, dude, that doesn't even affect me because I know who I am. And so I think creating an environment where students feel safe in your ministry, where leaders feel safe, where people in your church feel safe to truly discover who they are in Christ because you, you're talking about it. And it's not something that um, just isn't addressed because everyone at their core wants to talk about this. Everyone at their core wants to truly understand it because the truth is we don't feel like we're awesome. You know, we, we don't feel that. And so we need a place that is addressing that. And I think uh, another piece of that to create that environment when it comes into ministry is really creating an authentic, real environment. When people can be real with, with God, real with themselves, real with others, and they're able to lean into being real. They don't have to be fake. And that is a huge, huge barrier to truly understanding your identity in Christ when you're trying to be someone you're not. I, I grew up in church trying to project to my leaders and friends what I wanted them to see and not who I truly was. And for me, that was the biggest barrier in understanding who I was in Christ because I didn't even know who I was. And the truth is, is that many, many churches create an environment where people feel like they have to put on a metaphorical mask when they walk in. And what we need to do is we need to create environments where people can be truly, genuinely themselves without fear of judgment or rejection, because they're rallying around not the idea that they're perfect, but the idea that they're a mess and you're a mess and the leader's a mess and youth pastor's a mess, but we serve someone who's not, his name is Jesus. 
And when we understand that and we create that environment in our ministries, people are truly able to take off that mask and be who they are created to be in Christ instead of what they think they need to show the people around them. So I think that's a huge piece of that. Which is scary. <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. Cause we don't want to, we don't want to show that because again, we don't meet the standards that are around us. Even the ridiculous standards we set for ourselves, we don't meet. And so when we take that off and we admit, Hey, this is who I am and I'm a mess. It's scary to do, but in order to create that environment as the leader, we first need to take that step, which again is scary, but necessary. Okay. So we're inviting vulnerable conversations. And I know that for most youth pastors, youth workers, parents, small groups, conversation, um, sometimes opens the door to stuff that's a little bit tough, right? So how do we equip our youth workers? How do we equip even parents to have these conversations around identity, all kinds of identity, right? I mean, sexual identity, uh, personal identity, all of these identity questions are such a hot topic right now. How do we equip and prepare? Because a lot of people I feel like are hesitant to even open that door because they're not quite sure how to even engage in that conversation. So suggestions, some resources, um, places that, that we can help, um, you know, our, our people to feel confident about walking into those conversations. Yeah, I'd say uh, first, first thing is you are 100% right. We have to be equipping those people. And I think the tendency a lot of times is to say, this is scary. Therefore, I'm just not going to do anything about it. I'm not going to equip them. And it just, it's, you know, putting a bandaid on cancer. You, you can't ignore those difficult questions. So starting with the fact that, yes, you do need to equip and train your leaders, your parents, those people, that's huge. I say um, using the resources that are out there. I mean, we can list resources we're literally just saying, Google that, man. They exist and they're out there. You can find resources out there. Um, you can also ask those intentional questions when you're in community with other youth pastors or other leaders. And that's another thing that I would encourage is get in a network, get in a community with other leaders and ask them, ask them these questions. Because a lot of times it's not a book that's going to help you be equip you to, to do this. It's, man, what have you learned? What are you doing? Like, Ryan, what have you seen work? And then getting in a dialogue with people to, to flesh those things out and then taking it back to the people that you're equipping and training. I think just having it be a conscious effort to do that is really ha most of the battle. So much of it is contextual to your um, organization, your church, your situation, that to have people that are in local community networks are vital, but also on a national level as well is really vital to be a part of those groups. To Because in real time, you know, hey, real time, I had this situation. What do you guys think I should do? How would you guys handle that situation? <clears throat> I know one would be for me. I'd suggest is uh, access.org uh, has a lot of great parent resources, volunteer resources. Um, so Todd, any final thoughts on this topic before we uh, kind of wrap up here? Yeah. One final thought that 
And one of the tendencies when it comes to ministry, if you are working in ministry, especially in the church, um, we can put our identity in the ministry instead of in Christ. And it's something that creeps up. It's something that slowly happens. Um, but it's a caution for each one of us, myself included, to stop and reevaluate, man, how is my personal relationship with God or is my personal relationship with God built on or some weird way integrated through my ministry? You, you are not your ministry. You are not the number of, you know, dollars in the bank or butts in the seat. That's not who you are. You are a love child of God and your ministry is what you do. And it is, you know, your, um, your expression of the talents and gifts that God has given you, but that is not who you are. So the caution in that, man, don't put your identity in your ministry because you're going to live on a very difficult roller coaster. Ups and downs every week, depending on who's there, who's not there. So, so good. I like to end uh, each of my conversations with this question. Uh, you know, ministry we talked about is, is taxing. Um, being a parent is taxing on us. So, you know, we've got to refill ourselves so that we can go back and pour out. So for you, what's something that uh, is renewal? Or how do you find renewal for yourself? Well, that's good, man. Um, intentionally spending time with, with my family. Uh, I am wired more of a workaholic. I'm wired more of a, you know, glued to my phone, uh, getting things done, writing the next book. And being able to stop and go, man, I'm going to intentionally be present and enjoy this time with my family uh, does wonders for filling up my soul. So being intentional about that time. Um, and it, it doesn't hurt finding a good restaurant and, you know, going, trying something new, getting some nice, nice food and drinks and having a good time. I love it. So good. Thanks for the conversation. Uh, lots of great nuggets in there for sure. I want to encourage you guys to check out the book, uh, Jesus Color Glasses. Check out the Instagram account, Stoked on Youth Ministry. Uh, stay plugged in. And uh, for a couple other resources on our podcast, I encourage you to check, take a listen to episode 28 with Nick Hand, talking about being authentically you. Um, also, episode uh, nine, where we talked with Levi Carter, talking about students with gender I identity issues and other hot topics. Um, one more would be episode 19, talking with Dustin Wordward and uh, being the church in an unchurched world. So how do we bring these these topics and still integrate in an unchurched world? So good. want to remind you, we talked about being a part of a network. I uh, want to encourage you to join our Youth Pastors Network, um, talking about these kind of issues in real time with other youth workers around the nation. You can go to renewedleadership.org slash network to join. And uh, so good to be with you guys. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, share, uh, help us get the word out. So stay awesome, guys, and look forward to seeing you guys soon. 